This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. How you doing, Mayor? I'm doing great. How are you? Actually, I should say cheerio. Yes. You're just back from uh, England. Yes. And that'll be our first topic here with the Mayor of Albany on Talk of the Town. We also have some very interesting questions that have come in uh, for the Mayor. You went to London. Can you tell us why? I did. I was invited to go to London, and it was a conference called City Lab 2015 that is put on by by Bloomberg Philanthropies, the Aspen Institute, and Atlantic Magazine. And I was one of 31 mayors that they invited to come out. Uh, they paid for me to be there, as well as a staff member. There were participants from all over the world. I was one of 31 mayors from around the world that was invited to come. I think it speaks to what a great city Albany is, that Albany is recognized as the capital of the greatest state in the country, and that we're doing really innovative things. So it was a phenomenal experience to be able to not only interact with mayors from Austin and San Jose and Chattanooga, but with the mayor of Athens, Tel Aviv, really mayors from around the world. It was a great, great opportunity. And you did mention that they paid for you to go. This was not oh, yes. publicly this was, funded. This trip. was not publicly funded. It was really an opportunity for the mayors from these different cities to talk about what we're doing that is innovative, that is moving our cities forward. Um, you know, there's a real sense that while we have dysfunction in Washington, mayors are getting things done. And so this is an opportunity for us to share what is working in our cities, to look at where technology can take us, to look at what's happening in other places and to bring those things back to our cities where we know that we need to ensure that we're investing in transportation, that we're investing in rebuilding our cities, that we're investing in our kids. So it was really a, a great opportunity and it was a privilege to to be asked to participate in this event. Mm. About those mayors of some of the uh, foreign cities you mentioned, like Athens, Tel Aviv, I mean, uh, it would seem to me they would have, I guess all cities have unique problems. Did you get into any kind of like real t uh, discussion with any of those those mayors about some of their issues and how they might relate to Albany? Right, yes. I mean, certainly, you know, you look at the mayor of Athens with all of the focus that there has been on Greece and the news and what's happening with the currency. And so that's what's happening sort of on the global level, but he still has to run a city. And so the challenges of picking up garbage and ensuring that public transit continues to operate, those are all the things that mayors of cities across the world are dealing with. And so we were able to share experiences. One of the mayors from Tel Aviv was talking about, you know, the challenges in their city when people think about Israel and all of the challenges in Israel. Mm. Um, you know, they view their city as a place that is culturally diverse that is attracting startups and so he talked about what he was doing to allow them to continue to attract those types of businesses even with the challenges that we all see from our perspective in the Middle East. Now, of course, it's maybe a biased group because you're all mayors. I gathered from some of the coverage I've seen of your, your trip and the conference that the mayors tend to agree that cities are on the rise in, in one way or another. All of our cities are growing, and we are seeing tremendous, we are anticipating tremendous growth in our cities, and that's really happening all across the world. And so as we look at the percentage of the population that lives in cities, that that is projected to continue to grow over the next several decades. And so we've got to make sure that we have the infrastructure in place, transit in place, and that we are addressing issues around affordable housing and around retention uh, so that we can 
be part of that growth. Is there any one particular takeaway you had from anybody as to, gee, that's something they're doing, maybe we could do it here? Well, one of the things that really piqued my interest was a program in Denver called the Peak Academy. And Denver has invested in a core team of six or seven people who are hyper-focused on not only training the Denver city workforce and looking at how to improve performance of that workforce, but then tapping into that workforce to identify cost savings. And they've realized in the last three years up to where we are now in 2015, more than $10 million in savings from projects that were suggested by their own employees. That really is something that when I spoke with the mayor of Denver, he was very open to having us come take a look at that. We're looking at putting together a proposal to get some grant funding from Bloomberg Philanthropies to help us fund that because I think that that's a real opportunity. And the idea is to focus on your own workforce for improvements? Exactly. You know, our employees, and it makes sense, right? I mean, our employees know where we can be better. They know where the waste is. Uh, They know how they could potentially do their job more effectively. So now that we've taken the first step of actually investing in technology, I believe that the city of Albany is now ready to take that next step to say, now what do we do now that we have data and information? How do we work together to ensure that we are effective and efficient? And how do we look to our employees for the ideas about how to be more effective and efficient? I'll just give you one quick example. A police officer explained that even though they had a uh, computer system within which to put in all the information when they made an arrest, the sergeants didn't like the computer system. And so the sergeants still made the police officers hand write out a report. So Uh they were typing it into their system and they were writing out the report. So the mayor put a stop to that, and he said to the sergeants, you're going to have to figure out how to use this computer system. So it's things like that that uh, are the types of ideas that can come from our employees. And so that was just one example of the many things that I learned about when I was in London. One uh, just a final follow-up to this. I, I'm fascinated by the job of mayor. Apparently, it's internationally recognized. I mean, you may not be the most powerful of politicians or political leaders, but it's something people understand. Oh, that's the mayor. You know, In other words, a mayor is a person in charge of a city. Or with the head of the government of a city. That's right. I mean, mayors have to get things done. It's fine to talk about policy and to debate, you know, broader um, social issues. But mayors are responsible for, again, ensuring that their cities are safe, for ensuring that the streets get cleared when it snows, that potholes get filled. So a lot of the issues that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis are really universal. And people look to us, you know, as you know, with, with the questions that we get, people are looking to mayors for answers to the questions that impact their lives directly. And we have a, a couple of questions that came in uh, this week. You can send questions to Mayor Sheehan at Ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. The first uh, a question comes from a gentleman named Bob in Albany. He says, Dear Mayor Sheehan, the landfill is a major source of revenue for the city that will last only until it's full. The city has a curbside recycling program designed to keep certain categories of waste out of the landfill. It's my observation, writes Bob, from walking around my neighborhood on trash day that up to one-third of the homes do not put out a blue box. I presume that's for the recycling. And he says this means that recyclables are in their trash ending up in the landfill. Why doesn't the city ticket and find residents who do not separate their recyclables? You know, we do have a statute that requires an an ordinance that requires that people separate 
their garbage, but there is no enforcement mechanism for that. And so I think that Bob has made an excellent point. But part of the challenge is having the manpower, the people power, to actually do the enforcement work. And we had really have, have focused in Albany on the education side of the equation, educating people about the importance of recycling. But I think that as we look at the, first of all, from just a moral and ethical standpoint, everybody out there should be recycling. If people say, well, I'll let somebody else do it, they are contributing to the challenges that we are facing, not only locally in that our landfill is going to fill up faster, but globally in looking at the impacts of global warming and global climate change on our entire society. So I think it's really important. I'd love to figure out how we can work with neighborhoods because they're the feet on the streets. How can we work with our neighbors to put to motion on their street? We're going to be the best recycling street in the city and have that that peer pressure among neighbors of putting out those blue bins. People should be proudly putting out those blue bins. And if you don't have a blue bin, you can just call 434-5100 and we will put you in touch with DGS and we'll make sure that you get a blue bin. I agree with you. I think that recycling is a mindset. You know, it's something you adopt and, you know, maybe it's slowly over time. I mean, personally, I live out in a suburb and I have private service and, you know, now we're just used to it. You have that. But and does Bob have a point, though? I mean, you could apply the stick in, in addition to the carrot, but you're saying you don't have the people power to do it? Well, right now we're in the process of implementing technology that would allow us to do that. But at this point in time, we don't have the tools in place, I think, to be effective in doing it. In other words, to have the cost associated with doing the enforcement be less than mm-hmm. what we would you know, get in. So we are looking at that. Everybody should be recycling. It's so easy. It's so simple simple. There's no excuse for not recycling. And as we look at the challenges that we have financially going forward, we have explored pay as you throw, where we start charging people. You would There are municipalities that charge per bag of garbage that's put out. We are actively working on initiatives that would reduce the amount of garbage that people can put out without being charged. You know, there's a lot of controversy and and questions about a garbage fee that we have proposed Mm -hmm. in our 2016 budget. That is just the beginning. We need to reduce the amount of waste that's going into that landfill. And we want to do it in a way that's fair to our taxpayers. And we have another question that came in from Thomas, who is a manager of a hotel in uh, downtown Albany. And he says, as manager of a downtown hotel, in fact, I found he sent a very respectful post about this because he's talking about a, a touchy, controversial topic. He's talking about homeless people. He says homeless people are an issue for business owners and operators in the downtown and more specifically the area where uh, his hotel is located in the area of the bus station. He, He says, quote, our staff and guests alike are subject to a lot of issues involving the homeless trafficking up and down the street and street corners within the area. It makes people feel unsafe, especially when confronted on a continuous basis. Are there plans to assist homeless people in general with things like like reemployment or continued education, things of that nature. It's hard for my marketability with things in their present state. Wonder what I could do to help with the situation. Is there a plan in place? Well, absolutely. You know, this is one of the things that if you if you look at the services that are available in Albany, we have no lack of services. And I think it's really important for people to understand that. We have a number of homeless shelters.
Caesars in the city of Albany. We have a number of food pantries and soup kitchens in the city of Albany. We have services for people who are experiencing homelessness. Not all of the people that you see on the streets panhandling and asking for money Mm -hmm. are homeless. Mm -mm. And so one of the very first thing that I will say at the risk of some people making maybe thinking it sounds cold hearted is do not give money to panhandlers. Effective way of addressing the issue of aggressive panhandling is for every resident, every person driving into our city, seeing people standing at the street corner with a sign. Do not give them money. If you want to reach out, donate money to the food pantry, donate money to the rescue mission, donate money to the institutions that are providing services to these individuals. Our police officers interact with these individuals every day and they interact with them in a positive way. That's how those interactions begin by saying, we can take you to a place where you can get a meal. We can take you to a place where you can have a warm bed. We can take you to a place where you might be able to get treatment if you have an addiction issue. So that is our desire and our goal is to get people to the services that they need. And so we need and are working with our bids, uh, our business improvement districts, on a very proactive plan that would include all of the merchants and business owners in our business districts, giving them information that they can give to people who are walking down the street who are their customers about the right way to do that. And that's not to give money directly to a person who's panhandling on the street, but to support the institutions that are helping those individuals. When does a panhandler cross the line? I mean, when, when would the police arrest somebody? That's a really good question. The challenge that our police have is when they are faced with an aggressive panhandler who will not leave an individual alone. Panhandling in and of itself is not illegal, but It's when an individual complains or feels threatened that the police can step in. Uh, We can't be everywhere at all times, but we are really working with our business owners. And Georgette Steffens, who's the head of our downtown bid, is going to be reaching out to this particular hotel owner to talk about what it is that we're doing and how he can have a phone number in his hand to call the beat officer We do have a beat officer in that area in the evenings to come and to address issues if panhandling is aggressive, if patrons of that hotel are actually feeling threatened. Switching gears, but still talking about hotels, Albany has a new hotel now. Yes, we do. The new Marriott Renaissance, the ribbon cutting was yesterday. We were honored to have the lieutenant governor there. It's a hotel that is uh, been completely redone inside. It's absolutely beautiful. It took a team effort. You know, to restore an historic building like that is a challenge. And it was in part because of funds that were provided by Governor Cuomo, uh, as well as by the ingenuity and creativity and risk-taking of the owner of that property, that we now have a very, very exclusive brand. You know, the Renaissance brand, Marriott does not give that brand to very many hotels. There are fewer than 200, as I understand it, Renaissance brands in the entire world. So we are now among an elite, exclusive group of cities around the world to have such a wonderful hotel. And this building was the DeWitt Clinton. 
It was right. the DeWitt Clinton, which had been a very storied hotel. As a matter of fact, my husband's parents spent the first night of their honeymoon there. Really? Uh, and there are legions of stories like that, but it fell onto hard times. It was turned into affordable housing and then eventually emptied out because of the conditions. And now it has been returned to its former grandeur. As a matter of fact, I think it's even grander. The rooms are larger. They did a beautiful job restoring it. Another uh, topic that's been in the news this uh, past week has to do with the budget, which you have proposed, and it's now still before the Common Council, I believe. Landlords critique garbage fee was basically the uh, news story in the Times Union. You're going to have this garbage fee for basically multiple Mm -hmm. family dwellings, single-family homes paying nothing. What uh, John Keenan of the Association of Rental Property Owners says, that ultimately this fee is going to trickle down to the tenants. And apparently he's getting some support on the on the Common Council. Do you think you'll be rethinking this? Well, look, we have a very serious budget deficit that we've got to close. And the cost of picking up garbage is ex- very expensive. In Albany, if you are a residential property of four units or less, you're considered a homestead property and we pick up your garbage. If you are a rental property of five units or more, you have to have a private hauler take away your garbage. Mm -hmm. So it's an expense that is borne by landlords who happen to own five unit buildings, but not by landlords who own four, three, and two unit buildings. And so I think to argue that this is a cost that is going to be pushed down onto tenants is a little bit disingenuous because it's a cost that's borne by tenants who live in units that are more than four apartments anyway. And so to some extent, landlords in Albany who happen to own two, three, and four family properties are not paying for a service that all other landlords has to pay for in the city of Albany. Hmm. So I understand the challenges. The Common Council is going to continue to hold hearings about it and to take a look at it. But every homestead property is going to continue to get one free garbage pickup. And then we are looking at those properties that are used for commercial purposes. And the fee that is charged to you know, anybody else uh, who is a landlord in the city of Albany of those five units and higher is really the cost that we're asking. And actually, we think it's at a significantly lower rate than what they would pay if they went to a commercial hauler. But that's what we're asking for of landlords of those two, three and four unit buildings. We're talking with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. I note a topic we had discussed a week or two ago, uh, that your appointment to be the head of the Building Codes Department, Robert McGee, has been approved. He was overwhelmingly approved. He has, uh, as they say, hit the ground running. Uh, he really is uh, very enthusiastic about this position and about what he can do to help to really bring our codes department up to being a much more proactive department rather than reactive. I think the employees in the codes department are excited to have his leadership there. We have some great uh, employees who really work very hard, uh, but we've made it difficult for them to do their jobs by not investing in the technology and investing in, you know, a department that is more proactive. And so I think we're going to see real changes and real improvements there. And not to uh, dwell on on something you may not want to remember, but I understand you lost the big Zamboni race. Yes, yes, I lost the Zamboni race. You know, the the Zamboni goes eight miles an hour. So if you don't floor it at the very beginning of the race, (laughs) it's hard to make it up. But there's always next year. 
Okay. Well, let me uh, just expand what we're talking about. Zamboni, for those who don't know, uh, is uh, what, what the machine that they use to prep the ice for ice hockey or, or just uh, ice skating. And uh, this is the Zamboni, I believe, of the Albany Devils. There, there's a couple of Zambonis, uh, the local hockey team. And you and the county executive were in a Zamboni race. Uh, yes. We were not on the ice, though. We were on the street. And uh, we raced the Zambonis to bring attention to the kickoff of the Cash for Coats program. This is the fifth, fifth year that Albany has done Cash for Coats. We have 80% of the kids in our school district who qualify for free or reduced lunch. So we have families that have to make the choice between buying food and buying a coat for their child. And nobody should have to make that choice. Most of our kids walk to school, so they need to have you know hats and gloves and coats and mittens. And so this is a program where through the sponsorship of uh, the Burke companies and lodges. We have the uh, ability to raise funds so that we can purchase new coats and hats and gloves for the kids in our school district. Mm-hmm. They have what, canisters at lodges, store? And they have canisters like at lodges and Albany Devils are a great partner. So if you go to the opening Albany Devils game, there are going to be people there collecting funds. I hope that people are generous and recognize the importance of this. But, you know, we have great partnerships in our community. Like I said, the Albany Devils, Lodges, um, and the Burke companies who really make this possible. But we couldn't do it without those five, ten, twenty dollar donations from people who are willing to help the kids in our city. Well, Mayor Sheehan, I thank you very much uh, for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. If you have uh, questions for the program, you can send an email to ask Kathy with a K at Albany. NY.gov. I'm Bob Cudmore. You're listening to Magic 590.